for WEEI Football Sunday with Andy Gresh and Rich Keith. WEEI Football Sunday is co-sponsored by Zudi. Build any application your company needs in one week. Visit ZUDY.com for your free trial. By New England Recovery Center in Westboro, where recovery is possible. By your local New England Kubota tractor dealers. By Northeast Electrical, where pros need pros at needco.com. By Catches Law Group, the personal injury pros at catcheslaw.com. And by Anderson Windows and your local Anderson Windows dealer. Now, WEEI Football Sunday. It is 11 o'clock, and that means it is time to go to the Harbor One hotline and talk to our friend, longtime Patriots insider Tom E. Curran of NBC Sports Boston, and he is with us here on WEEI Football Sunday, brought to us by Dr. Matthew LaPresti and Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran at 1-800-GET-HAIR, by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Become your own success story by dropping the weight, holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180. And by Unified Office, where they help businesses maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com. Tommy Curran, good morning. Good morning, Andrew. Hello, Richard. How is everyone Hello. there today? Uh, I mean, what a week we have all sort of uh, had, lived through with everything with uh, Damar, Hamlin, and Curran. We'd be remiss if we didn't start there and just kind of get your thoughts on everything we've seen from Monday Night Football to this point in terms of the Damar Hamlin story. Has there been anything on maybe like a 30,000-foot view that you have either noticed had faith restored, learned about these NFL teams. Is there anything through this Tamar Hamlin deal that has stuck out to you in a way more than just winning on a football field? I think the brotherhood of athletes has, has stood out um, throughout all the sports, and we deride their performances when it's not good enough, and we lament mistakes made and cut this guy and that field goal missed means this happened and this punter's no good. And I think that I had reestablished for myself, and I would imagine a number of fans did as well, just the the fact that there is a level of courage, bravery, um, that these guys have to show every single time they go on the field. And that exists in for first responders. That exists for, sadly, in, in America these days, teachers going to school that exists for so many industries. Um, But this is entertainment, and we digest it and expect it and gobble it up and excrete it out the other end with little thoughts sometimes to just how dire the circumstances these individuals can be in. And they're young. They're 23, 24, 25 in Hamlin's case. And I think that brings it that much through. And then the other aspect is that it is a, $17 billion a year industry building towards a $25 billion a year industry. And these are the risks these individuals are willing to take and that we're willing to accept them taking and still digesting the product. And at the end of the day, when you watch those two games yesterday, the contact, physicality, violence, and brutality of the game is intact. And that's what we, the, the show goes on. Yeah, it does, and what a spot really the Patriots find themselves in because as Gresh hit on, you know, Demar Hamlin is the story from Monday night 
all the way through now, even with the two games being played yesterday, and it's the Bills, and thank God we were getting positive updates as the week was was going on. But again, all eyes and attention on the Buffalo Bills, and their opponent on Sunday is the Patriots, who are in a win-in-their-in scenario. So their biggest game of the season, going up against a team that has gone through just such an emotional roller coaster this week. What do you think the mindset of this Patriots team is as they have this monster game coming up at 1 o'clock? I don't think they can ignore it. They have to acknowledge that nobody on the planet wants them to win the football game. There's going to be a vortex of emotion that sweeps forward for the Bills, hopefully in the minds of everybody but Patriots fans and the Patriots coaches and players that they want them to lose, that they want to see Buffalo somehow um, find a result at the end of the day that validates everything that, their team went through and that there's resilience and all those other things that are supposed to be representative of, you know, whether or not they care. Now, do the Buffalo Bills not care if they come out flat today and get beat by the Patriots? Of course not, but that's how we come sometimes, you know, distill it. So for the Patriots, they are the foils and they have to accept and embrace that role and do what the players did yesterday and do it quickly. Understand this is the product. This is what you do. This is the business and you've seen other players and know of other players who've gone through tragic moments and you've gone through tragedy in your life. The bottom line is you want to attain whatever goal professionally you guys set out to, for. And it's there, even though the team is not um, nearly what I think the Patriots hoped for. I only say this because of the situation that these teams are in, because it is very trite and I understand it, but can the Patriots lose the game in the first quarter by just getting engulfed by all of this emotion? And is there the chance that the Bills ride at that high or do they kind of gas themselves out on it? I guess, do the Patriots have to find a way to be in this game after? Is it surviving the first quarter really for New England today? Yeah, but again, you looked at the absolute no-show that they – submitted against Cincinnati Bengals a couple of weeks ago. And that was for the Patriots, a doer, um, a winner in type of game. I'm measuring my words this week in a way that I don't normally. That was must win. And they didn't show up. They didn't show up. And that was a week after the Raiders game. And then gradually they climbed back into the game with the complicity of the, the Bengals. So, even if they get swept off the field in the early going, Buffalo with a result secure or a sigh of, you know, relief after an exhausting week, they're, you know, I would imagine the Patriots at least, I don't question the Patriots' resilience and commitment, which is saying a lot, I think, for the program, because there are occasions in which they've had every reason to say, you know what, this ain't working, they set us up to fail, and I'm all set. But it does show the character of the players that they hired over the course of time that there is none of that. And it also shows the character and the reverence, I think, for players like McCourty and Slater that nobody's going to let down. Tom, what can you tell us about the Jack Jones, Jake Bailey situation? Both were on IR. They're now both suspended by the team. It seems like some of the details with Jack Jones is maybe he – wasn't doing the rehab the way that they wanted to. Jake Bailey, meanwhile, his agent has come out and says, well, I don't know what, where the hell this came from, and they're going to file a grievance against the team. But what else do you know about Jones and Bailey? 
both are going to be very contentious situations going forward, and I understand why they would be. Um, in the instance of Bailey, you know, my initial reaction, because I saw that prior to the Jones situation, was, well, Jake Bailey doesn't seem like a, uh, a real poop stirrer. So this is definitely going to be a situation where there was misalignment on something. Now, we signed a massive contract in the offseason, as you guys may know and the listeners may know. If he is on a suspended list, the guarantees of it are going to be called into question. So are the Patriots finding a way to wriggle out of their commitment to Jake Bailey because they feel as if his absolutely depressing performance in 2022 is something that they want to you know, separate themselves? Or do they truly feel that Jake Bailey was ready to go out there and kick and he was malingering? I mean, that's really, in essence, what it comes down to. Hell of a week to be yeah. charging someone with malingering, but that's basically what his situation appears to amount to. They felt he should have been out, out there and ready to go, and he there was a difference of opinion. Again, in 2023, it's amazing to find that type of sentiment. With Jack Jones, uh, I don't know. He was dogged by off-field issues throughout his college career, and I don't know if that's related in terms of, you know, an ability to show up on time and follow the rules, but his agent is denying that to be the case. So I mean, he's a hell of a player. Mm-hmm. So if, do you want to alienate that player this early if it's just a question of missed meetings or of tardiness or whatever, or does it rise to the level of, which we often do find in some with the Patriots, it rose to a little higher and more dire level than we initially found. Tommy, who is more likely to be back in their roles next year? Matt Patricia, Matthew Slater, or Devin McCourty? Your thoughts on all three of those guys? I don't think I don't think any of them are going to be back in their roles. I mean, Slater and McCourty are both walking off, shaking hands with the Minutemen at the end of the field. Um, <laughs> Devin's talking about, you know, this was probably my last game. And Slater the same way, so... You get zeros for both of them. So I guess Patricia would be because you don't know and he hasn't acknowledged that he's leaving um, in the capacity that he's in. If they don't end up with somebody else, he has to be there. So if it's no Bill O'Brien, if Nick Cayley isn't elevated, if Bill doesn't uncover some guy to run their offense, then I suppose Matt Patricia you know, run it back with Matt because they feel as if, I don't know, they had three 70-yard touchdown drives in the last two weeks, and that was good. <laughs> well, I mean, can we I, move Slater to OC, maybe? <laughs> can, we, can we find a way to keep him? Just disqualified. I mean, might as well at this point. Just, just hire Bill O'Brien, right. whatever it takes, and kick Brian Hoyer to quarterback's coach and move Matt Patricia to either offensive line full-time with Billy Yates alongside, or if Mayo goes to Cleveland, which could be a possibility as a defensive coordinator, then move Matt back to defense, the defensive side and let him continue to be a contract guru. I mean, I, I look at the Jake Bailey thing, and I wonder whose fingerprints are truly on that. Hey, uh, you know, Bill, if we actually look at this, he's really been bad. And if we put him on the suspended list, you know, we don't have to pay him. So. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. It's it's not great. Uh, and I'm curious something. This very well could be Mac Jones' last game of the season. If he has a really good game, does that 
sway how people view his season at all? Or, you know, he's already played whatever it is, 13 games because of the time that he missed. Is, is the story of his season already written? I think it's already written. Folks have dug in in terms of a, the public opinion. I think Mac Jones, at the beginning of the year, I said we were asked here at the station to fill in the blank. Mac Jones at the end of the year uh, will be dot, 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 and I said more resilient. And I think he has become that. That's the only thing I could see him improving in 2022. And I kind of think that's been the case. It's the only thing that he's improved on, um, hopefully, and as a leader and growing a voice and saying, look, this isn't working, which we've certainly seen over the course of time. And in the last two weeks, we've seen him actually get it back under control and be a tiny bit more stoic. So he's improved. But if you like Mac Jones' ability to be accurate, to throw when he's got protection, to read defenses, then you're still okay with Mac. If you're still you know, concerned about his velocity, there's nothing been done to diminish that. He does not throw the ball hard enough to – be afraid of and if you think that mac jones isn't the guy you got plenty of plays to point it out with do you think josh mcdaniels will try to privately make a run at the patriots for mac or are they thinking let's get brady for one of these final years of his career i would imagine it would be a brady situation i mean where do the patriots go if mac jones leaves where does Bill Belichick, how does Bill Belichick explain that to Robert Kraft? Yeah, we ruined him this year. Let's trade him out there. To, it's just, it's a, to me, it's kind of a non-starter because of how damning it would be to the head coach who said in August that Mac Jones has made unbelievable strides. I mean, think about that. He's unbelievable strides in the off season, and he was already unbelievably, you know, real good as a rookie. Yeah. And then to see this, 28 touchdowns, guys. They got 28 touchdowns through 16 games. Not since 2000 have they had an output that low. They've not been under 30 since 2000. That team had the ultra back or uni back, Raymond Allen or whoever the hell it was in the backfield, along with, you know, it's just not a good team. And that's the output. Now, and you have the number one tight end pay scale and the number three wide receiver pay scale in the NFL. Yeah, Jonu Smith's season came to an end, and uh, you'd have to say one of the worst signings under Bill Belichick, right? Through two years, I mean, just wildly unproductive. Is he worse than the Dallas Thomas? Uh, yeah. Thomas was good the first year, and then things went south, but he actually played pretty oh, well his true. first year. I mean, yeah, he had a, he actually had a very good Super Bowl in 2007. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bang for the buck, there there is, it's and I love Chris Sale, but it's approaching Chris Sale level, and <laughs> there's no way to extract for the Patriots to extract themselves. If you want to have um, a bleak moment on the break, go ahead and look at uh, over the cap, mm-hmm. John Smith contract, and look to the right hand side where you'll see. Uh, dead money if released, which I think is about seventeen million. He's here yeah. next year, isn't he, Tom? Yeah, De- yeah. That's the dead money if released is insane, and the cap hit is is seventeen million as well. There's no extracting yourself from John U. Smith. So figure out a way. And then he, and like you said, here maybe is Bill O'Brien. Hopefully, well, Tommy, we uh, hey, listen, the Patriots could lose. 
and we could still be talking next week. So we'll leave the door ajar because I don't know if anybody trusts the Dolphins and the Steelers, along with the Patriots included. Uh, but a, a great year, a great regular season with our friend Tom Curran here on WEI Football Sunday. Thank you, pal. We appreciate it. And uh, I know we will talk to you uh, over the course of the next couple of weeks. You guys are great. Thank you so much for having me, and I'll talk to you soon. There we go. All right, there goes uh, Tommy Curran. We'll continue to uh, unpack everything Patriots because there is not only the coaching shuffle, the potential roster shuffle as well, and uh, I think there's going to be a sliding scale as to who people think are keepers. We will get to all that. we got the games of Week 18. Uh, I'd love to say we'd bring you some fantasy, but if you are playing in a fantasy yeah. league this week, That's on you. you need to get out of that league because mm-hmm. there are going to be a bunch of guys sat down and some interesting playoff scenarios. Who would have thought the Eagles could lose the number one seed? We got all that to get to over the next uh, hour and a half plus, including Patriots and Actives here in about 13, 14 minutes, whenever they roll them out. But right now, here's Jackson. He's ready to trend. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Hey, here's an idea for John Smith. Suspend him because he didn't do his job right, so that then they don't have to pay him. There you go. <laughs> Makes sense. He missed the workout. Yeah. Get out. Get yep, out. he missed the whole damn season. Uh-huh. The NFL owners have voted for the proposed changes to the playoffs. That includes a possible AFC title game on a neutral site. Since the Chiefs beat the Raiders last night, they wrapped up the number one seed. And if the Chiefs draw any team besides the Bills, the game will be played in Kansas City. And uh, the Buffalo Bills have reported that uh, DeMar Hamlin is awake and talking to the team, so that's fantastic news. The Patriots had their full 53-man roster at practice on Friday, which means Marcus Jones and Devontae Parker are both playing. Celtics beat the Spurs 121-116 last night. Jason Tatum led the team with 34 points. And David Postonar keeps his uh, hot streak going. He had two goals as the Bruins uh, took down the Sharks 4-2. They faced the Ducks tonight at 8.30. I'm Jackson Burns, and that is what's trending on WEEI and WEEI.com. Who is playing and coaching for their future today? That and then actives next on WEEI Football Sunday. We are right back to WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI. They don't need Andrew WK for many reasons. It's going to be a party today in Buffalo. The question is, will it be at the Patriots' expense or will it all turn into yay for DeMar Hamlin? Patriots' bills are going to get underway at 1 o'clock. Uh, at 1130, they're supposed to drop in actives. So we'll see how quickly they, uh, the news trickles in yes. and out from Buffalo. Yep, yep, and yep. a lot of folks have already been ruled out. Jonu Smith, we know, is out. Jack Jones, is he was on IR and suspended, wasn't even a factor anyway. Jalen Mills, I know, has been ruled out. And, Keith, they didn't put Mills on IR yet. So this is just pure speculation on my part. But I guess they're leaving the door ajar that if they do end up playing next week, maybe Jalen Mills might be able to come back. Yeah, I guess you're not completely ending his season. Uh, but what's it, six straight games yeah. now for Jalen Mills, which is uh, obviously been a loss. You know, I mean, it's been a and terrible timing, too, going up against all these great wide receivers in the final stretch run. And no one, another one today in, in Steph Diggs. So they've, they've missed him. They've been pretty banged up back there. But, yeah, this is they're just trying to get through this and again 
the crazy part of all of it is they could lose today. They could get blown out today and yet still make the playoffs. That's right. Like it, they could be playing again and we could be talking about the same matchup you know, this time next week. And of all the things, right, of all of the teams that the Patriots needed help from, Jacksonville, the Jets, and Cleveland, three of for at least, let's just say, the last decade. Mm -hmm. Other than a smattering here and there, right? Jets had that little brief run at the beginning of the 2010s with Rex. Then they went back to who they were. Jaguars, remember they got a little little hot there in Mm -hmm. 17, came up here, got beat. That was it. They fell apart. And the Jets are, I mean, the Jets are the... I, I know they've turned it around, but yeah. there, there's a Clippers feel to the Jets. Like, if there's a way to screw it up, they'll screw oh, it up. for sure. And yet, those were the three teams that New England needed help from, and Jacksonville yeah. did their part. You might as well sprinkle in a Lions win. Seriously. Like that's kind of what they need. But, that's yeah, the Jaguars crazy. did it. Jaguars did, uh, did their part last night, came right down to the end. It was a pretty exciting game. So, they got that part. And, again, the other two aren't that crazy. I mean, what are they, no. two-point spreads in each game or whatever? They're yep. real close games. So they definitely have a have a chance for that. Way more likely that those two teams lose than it is for the Patriots to just get an outright win. No question. Yeah, yeah I think so. And again, the honestly, Rich on Wednesday and Thursday, really it was more Wednesday I thought, boy, if Tamar Hamlin like doesn't improve and the Bills don't get good news or something yeah. like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. then how in the world would they be mentally ready to play a game? Now it has gone a complete 180 to the other side now. When you you hit on it earlier and you said it sort of innocently, the look on the players' faces. Oh, yeah. Josh Allens was the one that really stuck with me because yep. it was the, oh, my God, and he turned around and he covered his nose and his face and you saw him talking to Joe Burrow and just – the way he was at that press conference on Wednesday with Sean McDermott, and then the next day where you get to see more of him, and now you hear more coming out of Buffalo, and then you see McDermott, who's as stone-faced as anybody, mm-hmm. and you know, you and I have done enough to know that I'm not a big McDermott guy, but I've actually, like, there's a human being in there. Yeah, McDermott and Taylor were Very as good as so. they could have been in the stories that you heard after the fact, because, again, they're, they're the ones that stopped the game. Yep. If it wasn't for those two guys, there would have been just a really uncomfortable three and a half quarters of football to be played after that. And who knows? Somebody else probably would have gotten hurt because their head wouldn't have been in it and everything else. But, yeah, those guys were impressive. Uh, and, and I also stand by, understand, by the way, why Cincinnati and Zach Taylor are now looking at it and sort of defended themselves before the owners had the vote. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, we we went along with everything, but you can't pork us in the process. Yeah. Well, I'm glad no one has kind of held that against Cincinnati for speaking up and saying, hey, it's in the rules. Just follow the rules you already have. Yeah, they, they're the ones that ended up with all of this as far as just football stuff and scheduling stuff. Yeah. They're the ones that... at potentially has the most to lose. Now, with Kansas City winning last night, at least the scenario of Cincinnati being the number one overall seed, had they beaten Buffalo, that's out. So you've got to feel a little bit better. Like Cincinnati, they didn't lose out on the first round by. They wouldn't have gotten that regardless. So at least there's that. That might be some solace to them. And if they just beat Baltimore today... The whole idea of the coin toss and the seedings. And Take the care of your own business. Yep. Right. They'll be the three seed. They'll host a game, and, and you can kind of go from there. So that's that's all. I think that's what the NFL, like the NFL oh, sort yeah. of looked at yeah. it, and it was like, okay, how can we back into something that might work for us? And that's a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of players on the Patriots today, let's start with the coaches. 
How many guys do you think are coaching for their ability, even in a different role, to kind of stay here this year? Like, I don't think Matt Patricia is going to get punted, per se. But this is the last game of Matt Patricia in this role unless the Patriots back their way into the playoffs. Well, Patricia and Judge both shouldn't be in this role. They never should have been, and they shouldn't be going into next year. And yet, I don't think Bill's going to get rid of them altogether. So it's just more of a reassigning. And there's nothing... There's nothing that they can do today that should save their jobs, but right. because it's up to Bill, who put him there in the first place, I, I don't think anybody can make any 100% determination that, yep, this will be their last game. Hey, we scored 40 on the road. we got to keep yeah. Matt now. Well, like no. Curran, Curran said before, like, well, what if Kaylee decides to go to the Raiders because he gets a promotion, and what if Bill O'Brien... I don't know, becomes the head coach of the Broncos or something. Or I don't know if that's but no. still like he might he's not a guarantee to come back. What if Bill O'Brien gets a college job and he there's could. a head coaching job that is just too good for him to pass up he and it's absolutely not, could. Because I don't think if with Bill O'Brien now, like when Bill O'Brien went to Penn State, it was about the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I don't think it is about the money. And everybody does know that he has a he has a child with special needs. Mm-hmm. So there's a certain amount of care that not only goes into that, but also there's the financing that part of it like now i'd like to think that considering the journey that bill o'brien has taken that he doesn't have to make decisions mm-hmm. necessarily about money yeah and i think you never know like at the end of the year there could be some college coach that you think is staying put somewhere and they get the call and they go either to the pros or they upgrade their college like good point there's always jobs after the college season and after the nfl playoffs that kind of spring open so i don't think you can guarantee that and then so maybe Patricia is back, which would just be the nightmare scenario of all nightmare scenarios. Uh, special teams, like you would think after if, last year. If Joe Judge isn't in that role next year, then there is something wrong. Yeah, because they weren't great this year. Nope. You know, save for a couple of individual Marcus Jones plays, like they really weren't very good there. So there could be a shuffle. And then the defensive guys, you, you assume, at least the top two guys, they'll be there if they want to be. But there's all that smoke about Gerard Mayo in his last year on his deal. And even if he just becomes a coordinator, I know that's something Wiggy's always talked about. Just become a get the title somewhere else, and then yeah. that'll kind of that'll fast track you to being a head coach. There are some rumblings out there that Mayo might be looking a little more intently. And mm-hmm. my theory is is that if Gerard Mayo wants to eventually be the head coach of the New England Patriots after Bill Belichick, then he needs to leave. He needs yeah. to leave now. Only because Get the separation from Bill. Learn from other people. Maybe go prove that you can run something. I'm not saying that Gerard Mayo should go to college and, you know, take a four-win team to a bowl game and you feel better about it. Like, stay in the league, but just sort of figure out where to – sort of where to land next so you can build your resume kind of away from here. Because I'm with you. Bill Belichick is not going to shove Matt Patricia out the door. He'll shove him into the basement, into the Ernie role before he shoves him out the door. But if you think about it, you would have a quarterback coach, an offensive line coach, a running back coach, and a wide receiver coach, and a tight end coach, in theory, on an offensive staff, right? Yeah. So if Matt Patricia goes away as the OC, that's open. If the quarterback coach becomes the special teams coach, that's open. Troy Brown, if you're bringing in someone like Bill O'Brien, Troy Brown fits, played in that offense, knows him, da-da-da, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Nick Cayley's out the door. Your O-line coach will begin reassigned anyway. It feels like there is a setup for we're going to bring in an OC, mm-hmm. and then Bill and the OC will work on 
here are the guys that I would like to bring in because we can kind of get them up to speed. If Bill's worried about people leaving the organization and either taking the knowledge or you got to replace the guy, it feels like it can be set up then not only can you attract an offensive coordinator, but allow that offensive coordinator to put some of the pieces in place around him to get this offense back up and going. Well, also, the offensive coordinator can easily be the quarterback's coach. That's so such especially if it's a guy like combo, Bill yeah. Whereas the offensive coordinator, O line coach, should not be the same guy. It's never no. the same guy, and that's no. just another. That's like that's lower on the list of complaints about Bill filling out his coaching staff. But it's like. Matt Patricia shouldn't have been either one, let alone asking him to do both. Right. Like you're stretching him really thin. And then you throw in the fact that the offensive line needed some coaching this year. It wasn't turnkey. It wasn't like, all right, these guys are good. Right. They had a lot of injuries. They had guys playing worse than you expected. So that ended up all being a mess. But yeah, it, it almost feels like this is a year where coaching turnover is even more important than the roster turnover, which is wild because it's not that talented of a roster. But you're saying, all right, let's fix that first, and then see, and then you can maybe get the most out of you know Ramondre Stevenson and Mac Jones and uh, Tyquan Thornton, who was a second round pick. Like all these guys, there's definitely a bunch of guys that you know are coming back. But what's going to be any different? Are they going to be able to improve if it's the same guys talking to them? So we have the Patriots inactives. And by the way, inactives are brought to you by the Catches Law Group, New England's construction workers. If you're injured on the job, Catches has your back at CatchesLaw.com. Brendan Schooler, out. Jalen Mills, out. Jonu Smith, Josh Bledsoe, Sean Wade, running back Kevin Harris, and defensive tackle Sam Roberts are all inactive today. Uh, so with no Brendan Schooler, then uh, Matt Slater gets all of the special teams' attention, which should go to him anyway. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned, you know, with Kern about Slater and with Devin McCourty. It just, what are your thoughts on those guys? I think they're both done as well. Uh, incredible Patriots. Like, in for how many years of their careers were they in the Super Bowl or the AFC title game to start? Like, they were just so used to always being there. And then they kind of were the guys that, reminded you of the successes after Brady left. I know it's yep. only been three years, but in a lot of ways it feels even longer because you had the Cam Newton year, then now back-to-back -back Mac Jones years, but they've been there throughout. Not a better special teamer probably in the history of it than Matt Slater. Devin McCourty, great, great, great player. And like those are the guys you want representing your franchise. But if you're being honest, like this year they both took a step back. Slater wasn't as good, even if, you know, not to sit here and tell you all about special teams expertise, but you could just tell. Like, he wasn't as good. It's easier to evaluate McCourty with all the balls in his drops, hands that have dropped. Just drops yeah. all over the place. So you you say great careers. They'll both be Patriot Hall of Famers, but probably for the best for everybody for, for them to move on. I, I kind of think so, and it feels like now with people like Brendan Schooler, you know, like you can find those special teams dudes. Yeah. It's more of replacing the presence in the locker room. Like there is a part oh, of that's me. Tough. Well, there's a part of me that also thinks that with the way Bill rode Mac this year and sort of put the screws to other people. And even like last year when Ramondre, oh, you want to fumble week one? Well, good luck. We'll see you in week five. It felt like Bill has been working extra hard to try to reset the discipline within the organization because as those veterans walk out the door, you sort of lose the links to the championship past. And there is the part of me that just wonders, like, are they putting the screws to someone like Jack Jones because it's okay, 
this isn't the way we do things here. You're not talented enough to get away with it. You're amongst everybody else now. It's not like at Arizona State where no. they need you and you're going to be one of the better corners in the Pac-12. So I wonder how much of it is also Bill kind of being a hardo or a hard ass at times on some of these guys to try to keep the discipline in place that is now down to Max got to be the leader. Um Andrew's still going to yeah. be here and be the leader. And Lawrence then it, guy, probably. I was going to say, yeah. Lawrence Guy, Judon now right. has much more thrown on him after after this year. Yep. But there there also are the guys where you gotta make a you gotta make a decision on them in the offseason. Uh, you know, and there are certain dudes that are in like the the final year of their contract. Um, like Damian Harris, for example. You know, that's a guy who yeah. Could be up at the end of the year. Do you go out of your way to keep him? Considering the cap number on Ramondre next year is $1.12 million. Yeah. And then you got Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris. Right. So do you just draft another one and get another cheap guy? Yep. Or do you find a way to keep Damian Harris around and thinking that, well, look at what rounds they got all four of those guys in. Middle rounds. I feel like middle to late. I feel like that's what you're going to do again. Third, fourth round maybe is a sweet spot for running backs. If you really love a guy, maybe you go in the second, and then you can always take a flyer late. They've had success with undrafted guys in the past. So I don't think there's going to be much of a premium. And for Damian Harris, tough year to be hurt, you know, going into your contract year. Good point. Even tougher for him when you look at the list of running backs who are free agents. You know, even based off of what Harris did a year ago where he had all the touchdowns, you're looking at guys like Saquon Barkley and Tony Pollard and a whole bunch of other guys that are also free agents that – I don't think there's going to be a ton of money out there for him. So you throw him a one-year deal, yeah. I mean, if like he, one if year, he, three and a half million or something yeah, like that, I, give him a little bump. I think you could. I, I, I think you don't need to overpay him. He's probably not going to get a ton of offers out there anyway. You know, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe Josh McDaniels likes him out with the Raiders. Like you always have to think about well, those Jacobs guys. Would be Jacobs is also a free agent. Uh, Jacobs so, going to yeah. get paid by somebody. Yep, he had a great year. Uh, and then next year, so signed for next year, your group of wide receivers are Kendrick Bourne. Devontae Parker, Ty Montgomery, Taquan Thornton, Raleigh Webb. Those are, again, the guys that are under contract. Mm -hmm. How they view them and how potentially a new offensive coordinator would view them is fascinating. But, you know, I can also hear old uh, Bill B. Hoodsworth and being like, well, uh, Bourne, Parker, and Thornton are the starters next year. (laughs) And then go out and do whatever they're going to do. Smith and Henry are locked in. Trent Brown is also uh, connected for next year as well at an $11.5 million cap number. Rough. That doesn't seem like no, that's going to be no. a thing. Well, like, like Jackson mentioned earlier, you don't like how these guys are playing? Just suspend them all, apparently, and try to save, <laughs> try to save money. It's a good point. I didn't think you could do that. And maybe Jake Bailey will win his grievance, and, you'll, and we'll find out that you can't do that. But, yeah, they have a lot of guys that underperformed. Another way of looking at it is – if, if say there was an expansion draft, right, and you had to protect certain players, how many guys in the Patriots would you actually want to protect? Oh, my God. Not many. That's like, I, on, like on the offense. Oh, you, it's under five. I would think. And on those, it's always like, like players that are in maybe like their first or second year or something. Yeah, yeah. And it, it is. But, but I'm saying like even in general, no, but if you just were afraid of point, guys coming in there and taking it like, you're, like you want to keep Ramondre Stevenson. I'd, I, <laughs> me, I would like to keep, if they're under your scenario, yeah, yeah. 
I probably would dangle Andrews only because if you can get $7 million off my books for a 31-year-old center, I'll take it. But otherwise, Andrew Strange and Onwenu, I would protect. Henry, I would protect. Maybe Thornton because he's young. Ramondre Stevenson and Max Strange. And that's it. Well, uh, uh, yeah, because he's cheap. Uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, overall. Jess was a first-round pick. But, right. but still, I, I guess, you know. For this exercise, but just you have in to, terms how of many guys talent? you have to keep, but just in general, yeah. Not, no. Yeah. And then defensively, it's a little different. Judon. Well, it's funny. Next year, so they have Edge listed oh, under yeah, this yeah, over yeah. the cap or yeah. whatever, and they have Judon, Wise, Uche. Is Ronnie Perkins still among us? Uh, yeah, was he IR at the beginning of the year, I, I think? I think so. Yeah. That's a year two or two years now that this guy hasn't oh, yeah. played. And then you got Demarcus Mitchell. But think about it. They have... Judon Wise, Uche, uh, Godshaw, Lawrence Guy, Barmore already under contract. Bentley is uh, set to come back next year. They re-signed Jelani Tavai. Mm-hmm. And then you still have Mills, Marcus Jones, Jack Jones. Um, technically, McCourty could come back, but I know there's it'd be a big cap hit. He's probably going to walk away. But you still have Phillips, Duggar, Bledsoe for what it's worth. Then your special teams, guys, I do think they need to get Nick Folk. But on defense, there's kind of like a group core there that are playing right now that yeah. I think they can at least believe in a little bit to where you can oh, then yeah, say, way more upside there. if you're going to like, and again, I trust that Bill Belichick might find another fourth-round corner that might be able to play and kind of help out. What are they going to do at wide receiver? Yeah. What are they going to do at tackle? And maybe most importantly, what are they going to do at offensive coordinator? Uh, yeah, that's the number one thing you got to change. Because even if you had a great wideout or a great tight end or a better offensive line, how much? What, what are you going to get out of them if this is still the same? Uh, yeah, and and it's really those tackles. And I got to say, I like I'm torn on Trent Brown just from the what another offensive coordinator or a better O-line coach be able to get him back to playing real left tackle. Mm -hmm. Because if you can fix, if you think you can fix Trent Brown, then that goes a long way to sort of reallocating maybe money, draft assets, things like that. Mm -hmm. We'll continue. Uh, The Patriots playoff odds have now hit 41%. With the uh, Jaguars win yesterday per 538, but so much to get to, and we continue with you on WEEI Football Sunday next. We're back to WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI. All right, so how about this from Andrew Callahan of the Herald? Doing the Lord's work here. Yes. Helping us out with this. What's he got? Here are your Patriots playoff scenarios today. All right. And how it could all shake down as to who next week's opponent could be. And what's Can nice? I record this for trending? <laughs> yeah, right. Just play it back. <laughs> That's all you got to do is just be like Andrew Callahan of the Herald says this and just yes. put, throw it in there. And what is what is nice with outside of Chargers Broncos and Chargers do have a seating thing at play. All the other AFC games were either last night or in the one o'clock window. Right. So, like, we'll we'll know what's going on at four by four o'clock. Praise Jesus! Yeah, I right. can tape TV mm-hmm. at five and be done. Correct. Uh, Patriots playoff scenarios today: a win and a Bengals win means a wild card game at Cincinnati. 
So Patriots win, Bengals win next week at Cincy. Got it. If the Patriots win and the Bengals lose, then it's wild card game at Buffalo. If the Patriots lose and the Steelers and the Dolphins lose, wild card game at Buffalo. If the Patriots lose and the Steelers or the Dolphins win, the Patriots are then eliminated. Yeah. So this is how I look at it. No, it's it's if they win, they're in, right? And then if they lose, you're looking at the Steelers and the Dolphins. And their only two possible opponents are Buffalo and Cincinnati. Who are teams that you've seen within the last month. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And who are two teams along with the Chiefs that just seem to be head and shoulders above everybody else that's in the conference. Well, you know what's interesting is, and maybe we can unpack this, you know, after noon, is um, who is really peaking right now? Jaguars. Well, (laughs) Jaguars and Steelers. Jaguars and Steelers. But otherwise, like, I I know you're of the thought that Buffalo rides the emotion of DeMar Hamlin. I think so. But their play has not been to the point to where you're like, oh, yeah, you could see it. They're rounding into shape for the postseason. There really is none of that. Cincinnati, and I'm not discounting sort of like what they've done, but there was – like they've been on the other side of this whole Demar Hamlin thing. Well, and yeah, how they respond, and I think yes. you know, again, thank God that Demar Hamlin is is improving each day. I think that's going to help T Higgins. I think that's going to help the guys that are out there on the field that were there. That were forget a part about of it. that. The T Higgins, T. Higgins piece. part. And by the way, great job by Josh Allen to defend T Higgins. By the way, yeah, that was awesome. Yep, that was idiots awesome. on Twitter. How stupid can you well, be? It was Bart Scott and dumb people on Twitter, but well, still, it was good that Josh Allen said something. But I mean. Because the Buffalo-Cincinnati game just got wiped out, Buffalo's on a six-game winning streak, Cincinnati's on a seven-game winning streak, and Kansas City's on a five-game winning streak, and the Jaguars are on a five-game winning streak. So all the division winners haven't lost in a while, right? It's been a month and a half for these teams since they've lost. But yet, do you look at one of them and think, oh, they're about to go on a heater? Mm, Well, I think all three of them are... before were pretty equal, and now I think because of what happened, I put Buffalo on top. Got it. Prior to that, it's like it's hard to bet against Mahomes, but I also loved Kansas City, and once they got Jamar Chase back from his injury where he missed four or five games, it seemed like they were kind of clicking again. Yeah, the natty. And, you know, that first possession against Buffalo, they go right down the field and score, and you're like, okay, Cincinnati looks like they're on a mission, but... Yeah, I like all three of them, but now I'd, I'd lean Bills. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, and there's none of the wild card teams. I the the real the the one wild card team that I do look at because I expect Cincinnati to be Baltimore today, so I'm going to put Baltimore as a wild card team. Yeah, the, because they're getting Lamar Jackson back, and they haven't had him in a while. That's the one team that I wonder. Okay, could they the be the spoiler? Yep, I have no faith in the Chargers. Nope. First time in there, head coach. All the, even though they are playing Jacksonville, um, that, and that's a winnable game for yeah, them. Yeah, maybe they win that game, and that's right. great. And then you get the opportunity to go play Kansas City again, and or, and, or whoever. And yeah. there you go. Yeah. So you don't really have that kind of feel from an AFC team that that someone's going to get hot. And then in the NFC, and I know we haven't hit a lot of these scenarios. Yeah. But if Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers get a win today, and the Eagles lose. The 49ers get a bye in the number one seed in the NFC, which even though they have Brock Purdy is maybe no, bigger been... for them than anybody else in the NFC right now, given that they're a mash unit, it feels like every year. And if they get right, the coach can manage it to at least get to a final four game and then all bets are right. off. They have the longest 
active winning streak. They've won nine in a row. Yep. And, you know, they made the big splash, got Christian McCaffrey. Great deal. Other teams probably should have. The Bills are one of those teams that probably should have been involved in McCaffrey. And it's funny. They're like, oh, it's Brock Purdy. I mean, how much was Jimmy Garoppolo really being asked to do on in that offense with that defense? And I'm not saying Garoppolo is not better than Purdy, but it's not this significant drop-off like you've seen from some starters to some backups. It's almost more of like a Wentz to Foles drop-off that Philly had Correct. four years ago. Where so, it's manageable, and that's really... Yeah. What do you need from Purdy? 20 of 30, a touchdown pass, and mm-hmm. 200 yards. Mm-hmm. You would think if you get that with their defense, right. they'd be okay. No one believes in Minnesota right now. No. Uh, you know who I kind of like to maybe go on a run? I know what you're going to say. Green Bay Packers. Oh, really? Yeah, no, oh, Green I Bay thought Packers. you were going Tampa Tom. Nope. Uh, no, they seem more disjointed. At least Green Bay, you were talking about like who's playing well. Like They've kind of... They figured it out. They were left for dead mm-hmm. a month ago, and then they've they figured it out. And I wonder if the reverse will be true. When the expectations are high for Green Bay, they choke it away in the conference championship game. Now it's like they need to beat Detroit to make the playoffs in the last week of the season. Maybe they'll go in and upset a couple of teams. Because what if they play Minnesota in the first round that nobody buys They into? can beat them. They'll beat Minnesota. Of course they can. And then even a team like Philly, like let's see how healthy Jalen Hurts is. Mm-hmm. If Jalen Hurts is healthy, uh, you know, Philly, probably Philly, San Francisco. But if Hurts either doesn't play or if Hurts is banged up and doesn't look right, I don't know, a team like Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers maybe goes on a little bit of a run. Green Bay beats Minnesota and then say they end up, uh, you know, in in, in an NFC championship game in San Francisco. Possible. It's insane. It really would be. And you're right. Because Seattle, good, nice run. Good job. Should have tanked it better to get a better pick. Uh, Giants are in, but again... Giants are they're in the happy to be there club. Like Detroit would be cool too. They now they need to beat Green Bay and they need Seattle to lose. Right. So they need that going for them. I my hope is that Seattle loses today. They're, they're playing the Rams because they have a four twenty five game. Because then it truly makes Lions Packers win and you're in. What's your vibe on Dallas right now? Um, yeah, I'm not. They got a good defense. You know, they have that going for them. And they Pollard's could had a get. Great year. To, they have enough talent to get to the Super Bowl. Like some they of these do. teams just aren't talented enough to get there. But they're one of those teams, even more so than Aaron Rodgers. Like the Cowboys, they haven't been to the conference title game since '95. Even <laughs> with like Romo was really good. Like, I think Romo is good. Dak Prescott's good, and mm-hmm. like something always happens. They they probably have the worst coach out of all the teams that are fighting for a playoff spot. Oh, so that yeah. can hold them out. But the yeah. one who would know exactly how to get the good discounts at Waffle Houses that's and true. things like that. It's valuable. Hey, listen, 10% of Waffle House, you uh-huh. kidding me? That's a that's a pretty mm-hmm. big deal. Uh, so we know we got a slate of games to get to, but also there are people playing not only for their jobs today, but also there are guys that are playing for individual postseason awards so Keith and I will preview a little bit of that coming up on WEI Football Sunday. But this portion of WEI Football Sunday brought to you by the VA New England Healthcare System. Are you a veteran? VA New England Healthcare provides state-of-the-art healthcare benefits to those who served our country. Call 844-VA-CARES. Learn more about the benefits you earned and deserve. Call 844-VA-CARES. Final hour of WEI Football Sunday next.